uh, chapter 2 is where we're at tonight. I'm sorry, chapter 5. It's important when you turn to the, especially in books of first and seconds, it's uh, that you get the right one. There was a young couple uh, who was getting married um, in a church, but the bride uh, was, of course, very nervous about the big occasion. And so the preacher chose a verse that would be an encouragement to her. Uh, the, the verse is 1 John 4.18 that uh, says, There's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. And uh, so he asked the best man to read that verse during the ceremony, not realizing the best man was not a churchgoer, who was not that familiar. And so when he uh, was told to read 1 John 4.18, he read John 4.18. So in the middle of the uh, service, uh, the wedding there, uh, they, he asked him to stand and read his verse. And uh, he read, For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. So, we're in 2 Corinthians tonight, okay? Chapter number 5. It's important we get some of these things right. All right. Uh, as we continue to go continue on Sunday evenings, we're using metaphors, metaphorically speaking. And tonight, I would look at, I want to look at the idea of being an ambassador. Uh, an ambassador is a diplomatic official of high rank sent by one sovereign state to another as its resident representative. Uh, and This is how one person put it. This is a little more cynical. But ambassador, he said, is a person who, having failed to secure an office from the people, is given one by the administration on the condition that he leaves the country. Uh, that's a little cynical. But the truth is the job is political, but it's also important. An ambassador represents his leader and the people of his nation in a foreign land. Now, Christ has given us the privilege of representing him here on this earth. Uh, he has given us privileged access to him, and he's given us a powerful defense against the attacks of our adversary. He's given us the ability to complete and accomplish our assignment. Our assignment as the Lord's ambassador is to go and preach the gospel to all nations. Now, of course, <clears throat> we can't individually do that, but as you just heard, we have a, a part in sending the word of God all over. If you go back to our back wall and look at the missionaries, uh, we're all over the world represented. In fact, next week, Lord willing, we'll add two missionaries uh, if, uh, if uh, the church so chooses. I hope that we do. And uh, add those two missionaries and giving us even more of an impact into the world. But our time is limited, and we need to fulfill that assignment to which we're called, and that is to be an ambassador. Read with me, if you would, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. Metaphorically speaking, an ambassador. Father, I pray you'd help us this evening to be challenged to be an ambassador. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Consider a few facts about ambassadors. Ambassadors are chosen. Just as in the political scene, uh, Christ has chosen Paul here specifically, but us generally also, to be his representative. Paul did not represent himself. He represented Christ. He said in chapter 4, verse 5, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. His message was the gospel that Christ had committed to his trust. 
He puts it this way in 1 Thessalonians 2, 4. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, uh, you, we, you and I, as his children, have been put in trust with his word, with the gospel, to get that out to people. And God could have used any means he wanted to. He could have written it in the sky. He could have used angels. He could have uh, spoken his own audible voice. But he chose to use you and me to spread his gospel. And so ambassadors are chosen. Ambassadors are protected. An ambassador has to be a citizen of the nation that he represents. Paul, as is true for every Christian, was a citizen of heaven. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 tells us, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence we also look for the Savior. A nation supplies their ambassadors every need and uh, stands ready to protect them as needed. And God does no less. He supplies Paul and us as well with his every need and stood by him in every crisis. So ambassadors are chosen. Ambassadors are protected. Ambassadors are held accountable. Uh, ambassadors represent their countries. They're instructed on what to say. Uh, ambassadors know that they must one day give an account for their work. And if they don't do the work, then they can be replaced with someone who will. Ambassadors are also called home before the war is declared. Hallelujah for that. Uh, we, God has not yet declared war on this wicked world, but one day He will. There's coming a day of wrath. It's spoken about in 1 Thessalonians 1.10. But I believe that Christians, God's people, His ambassadors, will be called home uh, before that day comes. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 5 talk about that. The church, God's ambassadors, will not go through the tribulation. Now, we are privileged tonight to be called ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to talk about a few points that will help us. First of all, the ambassador's access. By representing his leader and his country, uh, the ambassador has privileges that most people do not. He has diplomats' privileges, and this is based on a big word. I'm going to try to say it. One with my first try. It is hard because I'll say it ten times in my office, no problem. Then I get in front of here and get all tongue tied. Extraterritoriality. That's a fancy word that basically means people in foreign countries remain under the authority of their sending governments. All right. So uh, the, there's some immunities that go along with it. Diplomats cannot be arrested for any reason. A, a uh, an ambassador in another country. They can't be arrested by them, and usually their family uh, share this exception. Uh, their residence, their papers, their effects, their person cannot be searched or seized. Their personal belongings cannot be taxed in the country that they reside or that they serve in. Diplomats, their families, and their staff enjoy freedom of worship, even if that country does not have freedom of worship. And so they have some, uh, they, they have some specific uh, entitlements given to them. They have, an ambassador has authorized access. He has a high priority access to information and people because he has been so authorized. He's been specifically appointed by the leader of his country to take on that responsibility. In the United States, it is the president that uh, appoints all ambassadors. And they have to be approved by the Senate, but once they're appointed and approved, then they have the authority to represent us, the United States, in foreign countries. This concept so perfectly pictures us as ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are chosen. We are appointed by our leader to represent Him here. 
John chapter 20, verse 21. Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, so send I you. The Bible says in John 15, 16, You have not chosen me, I have chosen you, and ordained you that you should go forth and bring fruit, that your fruit should remain. And whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. An official ambassador can convey special messages that his leader, uh, that for the leader that he represents. And he sometimes carries with him a diplomatic pouch with a special seal. The ambassador protects that message and he's faithful to deliver it. This is our diplomatic pouch right here. And we are called to deliver that message, the gospel of the Lord to this world. Paul talks about that glorious gospel of the blessed God who was committed to my trust in 1 Timothy 1, 11. Three times Paul refers to the gospel as my gospel. And it is our gospel to give to others because we have been appointed, appointed as ambassadors. He was committed to the message of that gospel. So not only do we have available or authorized access, we have available access. An ambassador has privileged access to his leader, to his own king or in our situation, president. Now, not that I have and not that I have any interest to of recent, but I cannot call the president and make an appointment to meet with him. Uh, he probably would not want to see me. And uh, I don't know if he knows if it's raining or Tuesday anyway, but I probably wouldn't have time to make for me. But an ambassador can. An ambassador has that access. He has a high priority access to him. The leader may summon the ambassador and who drops everything and goes for that meeting then and keep that appointment. And of course, today we have many ways to communicate through uh, online and face-to-face, -face, even on a device. But uh, sometimes uh, there's no substitute for a face-to-face -face meeting. An ambassador and his leader are always available to speak to each other. And praise God, we have a blessed privilege to be able to access our leader at any time. The temple veil was ripped from top to bottom, giving us access to the Lord Himself. And that's why uh, the Bible says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. And we can only do that because of what Jesus Christ did. And so we never have to set an appointment. We never have to wait in line. We never have to leave a voicemail. We never have to play phone tag. Christ is always available for us at a moment's notice. He gives us this wonderful privilege and tells us to pray without ceasing. Hebrews 4.15 For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find help, uh, a grace to help in time of need. We have constant access to the throne of grace. The Lord has authorized us for His work, and He's always available to us as we carry out that mission. Hey, that's good stuff, amen? We're not just put into a world and forgotten about. We're not here without any help or assistance. He promises us in Acts 1.8 that through the Holy Spirit, He will give us power to accomplish what He has called on us to do. Christian martyrs in years past, really presently too, I've read that there's more uh, persecution against Christians today than there ever has been at one time in history. We sometimes forget that in our cushy life here in America. But Christian martyrs could never re remain faithful without access to their king for grace and strength. I think of the Apostle Paul in Mamertine prison awaiting execution. 
what does he do? He writes much of our Bible. He had First and Second Timothy, and we have other letters that he wrote while he was in prison. I think of John Bunyan, who was in Bedford prison for preaching the gospel without a license. And what did he do? He wrote the Pilgrim's Progress, the the book that is second only to the Bible in uh, sales. William Tyndale was imprisoned outside Brussels, and he was awaiting execution for translating the Bible into English and and uh, preaching salvation by faith, and he gave his life for it. And so uh, we understand that, that these men, and us too, in doing what we need to do, could not do so without the access we have to the Father. Even prison bars could not block our access to the King. Je- God is just as available uh, to us as He was to them. No matter how dark the hour, no matter how much trouble you go through, we can always come to our King. You can always have access to Him. We have privileged access to our leader. Some ambassadors fail in their mission because they don't maintain communication with their leader. How about you? How is your communication with your leader? How is our communication with the Lord? Because we're going to fail in our mission too if we lose communication with the Lord Jesus Christ. We may fail in other things, but let's not fail in this and stay in close communication. Secondly, I want you to look at the ambassador's adversary. It's not always easy to live in a foreign land for any length of time. There are struggles, learning the language, obviously, adapting to a whole different food group, uh, a new culture. An ambassador has to adjust to all these new things where he's at, all the while still maintaining his loyalty to and his identification with his native country. This is a hard thing for some. In hostile countries, ambassadors can have tenacious adversaries that might even be uh, put his very life in danger. He may live under the threat of assassination. I think of Chris Stevens. Remember him? Benghazi, he gave his life. Uh, he was an ambassador. As ambassadors for Christ, we have a very powerful adversary as well. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 talks about the adversary's attack. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. In 1898, uh, East, East Africa at that time was a British colony. And there was a group of British engineers, along with many natives, building a railroad line. Two lions began working uh, and and uh, terrorizing on these workmen as they were trying to build this railroad line. It seemed like nothing could stop them. In spite of every precaution that they could take, almost every night the lions would come up and take another person and eat them, essentially. And uh, this happened night after night. The lions w- were so terrifying that they actually brought the whole project to a halt for several weeks. The natives were terrified. They thought that the devil was in the shape of these lions and, and killing them. He was. Uh, these lions were doing terrible damage and killing people. Finally, Colonel J.H. Patterson was put in charge of the railroad project. He hunted and killed both of these lions. They're now on display at the Field, Field Museum of Natural History in Chicago. Uh, but this is what the devil is compared to, a roaring lion. He will come when we... Don't expect it. He will attack our weaknesses, and he looks to devour us. If we belong to Christ, he cannot get our souls. Praise God. Amen. Tonight in in uh, discipleship, we talked about eternal security. That's a great doctrine that we have in the Bible. He can't get our souls if we're saved. 
Uh, but he can seek to ruin our lives and our effectiveness for the Lord. He can uh, affect our effectiveness, if you will. One of our adversary's greatest goals is for us to conform to this world. Remember, we're a citizen of heaven called to be an ambassador to earth. We're not to conform to our host country. We're to conform to our native country. We're to be, uh, we're, we're to be loyal to our heavenly country. By blending in with the world, uh, we lose the distinction of a true follower of Christ. And an ambassador, a good ambassador, must make it clear that he is not a permanent resident in the country that he's serving at. If he doesn't, he won't be a good ambassador very long. Some ambassadors take too long, spend too much time in their field, and they become what we call denationalized. They forget their first duty is to this country or whatever country they're sent from and, uh, and its leader. And that is what the devil would love for us to do. Get all caught up, get all uh, wrapped up with the things of this world becoming less effective for Christ. We would lose the effectiveness as an ambassador of Christ to seek the lost, offer Christ's offer of salvation to those who so desperately need it, to show people that there's a prospect of a better country. I think of the he heroes of the faith, Hebrews 11, 16, the Bible says after it lists all the great things they did, but now they desire a better country that is and heavenly. We must stay on task and not get distracted from our purpose. First John chapter 2, verse 15 is very clear. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is of the Father, I'm sorry, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Our adversary, the devil, would love for us to become enamored with this world and all the things in it. We can only represent the Father accurately, though, if we are separated from a worldly lifestyle and we don't get denationalized, in other words, and we become just like the world. Nothing wrong with we're in the world, obviously. We enjoy things in this world. We, uh, there, things that are sinful, we, we can enjoy all those things, of course. But we're not to be filled with this world. And then we see the ambassador's defense. Can, can we fight an enemy as powerful as Satan? What is our defense against conforming to this world? That is a serious problem in this day and age. I know every generation that has raised children since the dawn of time has said it's worse than it was in the last generation, but it's worse than it was in the last generation. With social media, with cell phones, and all the things that we have in front of us now, uh, I think we'd all agree with that. How do you raise children not to be denationalized, not to be enamored with this world? Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, what that essentially means, we are surrendering our will to His will. We give up ownership, we give up the dictatorship of our own lives, and we give it over to Him. And the Bible calls that our reasonable service. Why is it reasonable service? Because He gave His all for us. And he gives us eternity in heaven. What is more reasonable than us to give him our life? Those who would say, it's my body, 
It's my life. They're being unreasonable. In fact, 1 Corinthians 6.19 tells us what? Know ye not? You're not your own. You're bought with a price. He, ha- he is the one that purchased us, redeemed us on the cross with His blood. Ambassadors fulfill their leader's desire. That is the essence of their responsibility. And we ought to do the same. Transforming and renewing our minds is the next step. We accomplish this by filling our minds with God's Word. We accomplish this by avoiding the things that take our minds and hearts away from Him. First, uh, 2 Corinthians 10.5 Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I, I've said often that I think in pictures many times as I read the, the Bible. Every time I read this verse, that bringing into captivity, I think of a cowboy. Uh, and I'll tell you, the picture I have is that you know, when they lasso, they throw that rope and they throw it out and they loop the, the, the noose around the neck and they bring it into captivity. That's the kind of picture I have with this. Some of our thoughts like to do that, don't they? They go into different directions. Our thoughts like to, uh, to, to wander sometimes, but a Christian will grab them and bring them into captivity. No, you're not thinking that. You're not going to have that bitter thought against somebody. You're not going to have that hateful thought. You're not going to have that lustful thought. You're going to pu- bring it into captivity. And our, we, we are supposed to avoid the things that pull us away from our relationship with God. Proverbs 4.23 talks about guarding our heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. This is important for us to do as Christians. We have a powerful adversary, but we have a mightier king. And that's who we ought to be serving. Submitting to God's will for your life. Embracing His word uh, to renew your mind. And then finally, the ambassador's assignment. Our duty is to represent God's mission to this world. That mission, we could call it a mission or a commission. The great commission is found in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Uh, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me, in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you all the way into the end of the world. His last directive ought to be our greatest objective, and that is to spread that gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. He says, go therefore. Notice that word therefore when he said uh, in Matthew 28, 19, Jesus instructed us to go to all the world with the gospel because he has all power. In verse 18, it says, I have all power given unto me, go ye therefore. Uh, because he authorizes us and empowers us to get the job done. Go. Some may be called to go personally to foreign lands. We've met two in the last week. Uh, the Scoofums last uh, Sunday night and then uh, Brother Landingdon on Wednesday night. And we've, they're going to uh, other side of the world, and we've, we've got other missionaries that are serving there. Others may be called to uh, go to various places in their own home country and pastor or be evangelist or whatever the case might be. Uh, some are called to stay right where they are and be faithful and be givers and support missions and do those things. Uh, be faithful soul winners where they are. But every Christian needs to participate in some way. Everybody is an ambassador. Every one of us, if we're saved, we're an ambassador. We can go, we can give, we can pray, we can all have a part. Proverbs 25, 13, as the cold of snow in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that send him, for he refresheth, refresheth the soul of his masters. 
our responsibility is to carry the message on behalf of our leader, and that requires faithfulness. Can God trust us to carry his message? Are you a faithful ambassador? In Mark 16, 15, Jesus gave the message that he wants us to carry wherever we go. And he said to them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It is no use for us to go if we're not carrying the message of the gospel. What is that message of the gospel? Well, if you've got your Bibles open still, turn back a few pages to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. Verse 2. By which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, how that He was buried and that He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. That's the Gospel. He came. He, was, he uh, died for us. He was buried. He rose again. That's the Gospel. And that's what we got to give people. When, uh, letting people know it doesn't matter how much good we do. We cannot earn our own way to heaven for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's no way we can do enough good works to earn our way there. It's only through Him. Uh, Paul said, if, if we could get ourselves to heaven, then Christ died in vain. No reason he had to die if we can do it, but we can't. Uh, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so, uh, he did that for us, and that's the message we have to share with others. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Hey, listen, friend, are we ashamed of the gospel? We oughtn't be. If we're good ambassadors, we won't be. We'll be ready to give that to all who we meet. The duty of ambassador for Christ could be sum, uh, summed up in these words. I am an ambassador for Christ. He sent me to beseech you to be reconciled to God. That's the message of the gospel and the ministry of Christ's ambassadors. The ambassador's address. I said finally a minute ago. I didn't mean it. This is finally. The ambassador's address. Where does an ambassador live officially? Is his address located in his home country or his address in the country of his residence? This is important. According to the dictionary, this is what it says, an ambassador is a diplomatic official, a representative in residence by one government or sovereign to another, usually for a specific length of time. An ambassador doesn't necessarily have his appointment for life. So, uh, American ambassadors are appointed by the president, which means if you get a new president, maybe you might be replaced with somebody else. Uh, the agreement may be that the ambassador serves the length of the president's term. And so different ones uh, serve for different lengths of time. The point is that the ambassador's home is his native country, not his country of residence. He may stay in a foreign country, but that's only temporary. His address is here where he lives. And we have to realize that as Christians, our temporary address is earth. It's temporary. We're not here forever. One day we will either be by via death, via the rapture, we're going to be taken out of this earth and be removed from it. We're only here temporarily to serve as ambassadors for Christ. We have a mission. We have a specific job to accomplish. The world is only a temporary place of residence for us, and uh, some lengths are longer than others. Some lengths are shorter than others. You visited a graveyard lately? 
I mean, you look at tombstones and you see all kinds of uh, age spans. The dash is much shorter for some people than it is for others. There's no guaranteed length of time that any of us have here. There comes a time when God calls His ambassadors out of their assignments back to their home country. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. And this was a... This, by the way, this was a problem back in Abraham's time. What did Abraham live in? Lived in a tent. His son Isaac, remember what he lived in? He lived in a tent. And then his son Jacob, he lived in a tent. Uh, and, and the Bible tells us why in Hebrews 11.10, For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He's not looking for to, to fit in here. He's looking for a better city. And so that's what they live for, something better than their temporary abode. But wait a second. There was one of that Lot that didn't do so, and that happened to be his name, Lot, Abraham's nephew. A Lot traded in his tent for a house in Sodom. And uh, when he traded in his tent for a house, he started to go down. He was no longer a good ambassador. In fact, he was a terrible ambassador after that. After he got enamored with the things of this world, and after he realized, I don't want to be only a temporary passing through person. I want to fit in here. And he became a basically on the city council of the city of Sodom, sat at the gate, the Bible says. And he, uh, he had a place in the world, but he traded in his, his uh, heavenly mission for an earthly one. He became denationalized. It's a, it's a problem that can affect all of us if we're not careful. But remember, our permanent address is heaven. Jesus made this very clear that we're to look to heaven as our real home. Matthew six nineteen. Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, he said, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's the rub. Where's your treasure? It's interesting to me that the heart follows the treasure, the treasure doesn't follow the heart. I would think it's the other way around. Whatever our heart's enamored with, that's where our treasure is. No, no, no. The Bible says where your treasure is, your heart follows your treasure. What do you value? Is it the things of this world? Is it status? Is it popularity, fame, recognition? What is it that, whatever it is we value, our heart will follow there. And he says, don't let your heart abide on the things of this world. It's temporary. Lay up treasure in heaven. That's eternal. There's coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day Glorious day that will be. During the Reagan presidency, the Secretary of State was George Schultz. And uh, Mr. Schultz kept a large globe in his office. And he was uh, always had a meeting with all newly appointed ambassadors. They would have a meeting with him in his office and he would interview them. And one of the things that Mr. Schultz would do with this newly appointed ambassador... Uh, he would take them to that globe and he would test them. He would say, go over to that globe and prove to me that you can identify your country. Well, this person's just been assigned to, I don't know, Timbuktu. And so he goes over to the globe and he finds Timbuktu and points, there's my country. And Mr. Schultz would, would 
adamantly say, no, 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 you are absolutely mistaken. He would go back, this is your country, and point to the United States of America. He said, don't ever forget that you're over in that country, but you represent the United States of America. You represent us. We are your country. Take care of our interests, not theirs, and never forget you're representing us, the best country in the world. That's a good reminder for an ambassador of the United States, isn't it? It's a good reminder for Christians, too. We are. This is not our country. This is not my home. I'm just passing through. So let's quit acting like this is our final destination. We're not here to rack up everything. And of course, we ought to be responsible. We have to pay our bills. We have to set up retirement accounts. I'm not against any of those things. We have to have a, a brain when we do these things. But we shouldn't put our heart's desire and focus on things of this world because it will never satisfy anyway. We must never forget where our home and our allegiance is. Our home country is not where we live on ser and serve here on earth, it's in heaven. As ambassadors of Christ, let's remember where our rewards are. They're above, not below. May we faithfully serve our king. One day, our king's going to call us home. Paul talks about that day, and he calls it the terror of the Lord. Now, i got to say, if the apostle Paul's terrified, I'm horrified. Amen? I mean, if he was worried about that day... I think all of us can be a little worried. But we're going to stand before him, and we're going to answer about how we represented him. You were my ambassador. How did you do? Now, thank God, we don't have to pay for our sins, because Jesus Christ did for that, that for us on the cross. But we do have to answer for what we did or didn't do for the Lord. And we're going to have to stand before the one for whom we were an ambassador and answer for the life we lived. I'm asking you tonight, how you doing? How you doing? As an ambassador, are you a good ambassador? Are you a bad ambassador? If we had to liken the way that you are an ambassador for Christ, and then we just liken that to actual real political ambassadors of the United States, would we be happy with them? Or wouldn't we? How you doing tonight? Let's pray. Thank you, Father.